KPFA in Berkeley, 94.1. KPFB in Berkeley at 89.3. KFCF in Fresno, 88.1. KPFA.org. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up. In darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadows out of This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Did you hear that last show? That amazing show. Uh, yes, the scientific view of things as they are. Yes. Now, why? Why do you suppose a woman would want to measure the universe? You know? Ah. Uh, I just happen to have a short poem here in my backpack. Uh, it declares that a woman made the universe. Ah, uh, yes, let's be religious here. It's uh, called Hertha, H-E-R-T-H-A, Hertha, the ancient Germanic earth goddess. It's a poem by Algernon Swinburne. It's a 19th century neurotic <laughs> Hertha says, I am that which began, out of me the years roll, out of me, God and man. I am equal and whole, God changes and man, and the form of them bodily, I am the soul. Before ever land was before ever the sea or soft hair of the grass or fair limbs of the tree or the flesh-colored fruit of my branches, I was, and thy soul was in me. Before God was, I am. Now, how about that for arrogance? There was nobody as arrogant as the goddess. Maybe the other, the other dude. <laughs> Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Yeah, he he, he had an ego too. Anyway, uh, today is August the fourth, two thousand and fifteen, and this weather is just so sexy. It's raining outside just a little, little bit, you know. Uh, <laughs> I I guess, well, I guess we should just luxuriate um, all this warmth and earthy pleasures. Uh, my own favorite TV series uh, has earthy characters. Yes, it does. Earthy characters. Uh, there's a list of them here. Yes. Uh-huh. 
they they use expressions that most of us remember from our school days. Uh, Sweetness and light. Yes, that was Matthew Arnold. Wine dark sea. They uh, they they use the writers who were popular at the time. The show is set in the early 20th century, up to and through World War One. The title is Parades End. Yes. <laughs> Coming to the end of another parade these days, yes. Anyway, being British and rusty with irony, uh, they have to use Matthew Arnold. Think of Dover Beach, yes. About the end of the age of faith. All we have is each other. That shtick. Um, T.S. Eliot, too. Uh, Parade's End is on HBO Homebox Office, screenplay by Tom Stoppard. Top, top, top. Uh, top of the list. It's from the novel by Ford Maddox Ford. Uh, uh, Ford Maddox Ford is still famous for lines like, quote, We are all barbarians now. The series opens in 1908. They skip along in a kind of haphazard way. The plot has so many threads that get knotted up. <laughs> anyway, the thing to cling to in Pore's End is the uh, characters, right? The, the characters, they are the meat. I think an editor could tidy this up or connect the dots, but... Uh, it's difficult, you know, with these series that go on and on and on. Uh, a feature film, you know, they have to synthesize. But uh, I think that maybe this new method, collage, montage, is very modern. Mm. The style, think Robert Altman, uh, Gosford Park. Gosford Park is a good example, uh, but that is a feature film, and he does have to tidy it up. I digress. I digress. Uh, so does so does Parade's End. It's all about these world weary, wealthy Brits. Uh, each one has his own little private. Uh, yes, each one is in his his own little movie. You know, uh, it's a luxury to be able to spend that much time. Uh, looking at yourself and your pain. Uh. Anyway, some of these guys are hard up for money, but they still go to Eaton. Fascinates me the way they do that. These actors are pure gold. Benedict Cumberbatch plays the lead. A man so virtuous that everyone misunderstands him. Uh, gossip is the villain of the piece, uh, even when he has PTSD. His name is Christopher Wright. Christopher has PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, <laughs> that seems to be uh, not so much a threat to his happiness as his angst in general and his trouble with the girls, with the woman that he marries. Uh, I don't want to give away the plot. But he does the decent thing. That's sort of that sort of nonsense. Uh, Christopher just needs to be real, authentic. 
that seemed to be difficult in the uh, second decade of the 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 20th century, 20th century. (laughs) Yes, I'm trying to think in centuries these days. Uh, I mean, this guy is authentic. He is the real thing. But uh, that's why no one, no one can believe him. Uh, His wife, uh, well, Sylvia, she's in a, oh gosh, she's gorgeous. She's in a class with Eva Green, breathtaking woman. Uh, Let's see, Miranda Richardson is in it. She plays the mother of the ingenue, an adorable, little adorable blonde, a suffragette. Mm Mm-hmm. In England, they were called suffragettes. Here in the United States, they demanded to be called suffragists. I think that uh, British women probably got the vote first because they they uh, used that term, suffragette, so much for gravitas. Suffragette is now the usual word. Uh, trivialize those girls. Uh, in parade's end, the women, uh, well, they're out there screaming votes for women. Uh, they're a completely nutty crowd with their umbrellas and their uh, handwritten signs. And they are treated uh, lightly. Uh, I was irritated when one of them started yelling in a museum. She slashed the portrait of a nude uh, an odalesque, they call them, painting of a reclining woman seen from the back. Uh, the protester slashes the painting four or five times, cutting into her spine. Now, that's a cliche, and then some. I didn't believe it. Ford Maddox, for the writer of the original novel, was certainly a man of his time. Uh, he did get it in some ways. At one point, He forgives his wife for her reckless revenge on him, on the male sex in general. He says, he says, you were let down by a brute. So you have a right to uh, hit back, I think he said, uh, paraphrase there. Mm -hmm, You know, tit for tat. Uh, He didn't say, actually, he didn't say hit. Uh, He said something, you know, that that he meant he seemed to mean that it was justice for her to take it out on the next man that is uh him anyway this guy is an intellectual as his wife says he does know everything and uh, he says he doesn't approve of her actions but it's woman against man he says it's woman against man it always has been. Dear me, now that's Strindberg, Ibsen, that's all those playwrights, you know, the ones who dug out the real drama in human relations. Back in the 1890s was the first time it really seemed to hit the uh, hit the boards. We know that Freud got it wrong, but he got it, you know. Uh, now, the mother of this wicked Sylvia is played by Janet McTeer. I'm very fond of Janet McTeer. 
you would recognize her, I'm sure, but she's kind of a character actress these days. Uh, as the mother, uh, she is kind of an archetype. The last time I saw her as a mother was in The White Queen, uh, the mother of the woman who married King Edward in the late 15th century, yes, the mother of the Elizabeth who married Henry Tudor and began the Tudor dynasty. Oh, the British royals, they go on and on. No use trying to keep track. They provide the ultimate soap opera. What would Shakespeare have done without them? I digress. Uh, anyway, uh, the older brother of the hero is played by Rupert Everett. Uh, that's an impossible role, actually. But you can't win them all, and anything that Rupert Everett does is always uh, respectable. Uh, the ultimate character actor here is, uh, is Rufus Sewell. He plays a Protestant cleric. The Reverend, I can't pronounce it, Duchenier, something. I can't pronounce his last name. Anyway. His wife is a screwball, but he, he is absolutely bonkers. Uh, they put him in an asylum at one point, but I, I don't know what Rufus Thule did with his face. Uh, may have been makeup, but I did not recognize him, not for several moments. Uh, his lunacy is expressed by... by Obscene talk of sexual proclivities uh, and practices. Yes, he seems to know all of the uh, all of the perversions. He talks about everything from self abuse to all the excesses that we cannot we cannot talk about on the air. Lastly, he decides to protect women uh, their underwear. He says their underwear is killing them. Uh, tears off his wife's brazier, wants to free her. Hmm. The little suffragette is so pleased when she, she sees this. You know, the uh, corset, the underwear being attacked. Uh, then she sees that he's not, he's not trying to liberate his wife. He only wants to express his own madness uh, at some point, I lost track of an Irish priest. It's a fun role. Uh, apparently hung by Irish rebels sooner or later. Anyway, the theme seems to be the loss of traditional values. Uh, you know, before World War I, apparently everything was respectable. Or anyway, they pretend everybody was happy. Uh, anyway, uh they discover that the traditional values were killing the souls of the real people. Uh, hmm. Now, this is a comedy of manners. It's got a kind of satirical slant. Uh, Oscar Wilde aimed at this sort of thing, but Oscar Wilde was a romantic at heart. Uh, sentimental solutions. Uh, he did have that Victorian hope, you know, that... Uh, all things will be well. Like George Bernard Shaw, Oscar Wilde, always let the women win. It seemed so obvious to both of those playwrights that uh, 
mother knew best, or anyway, the women did. Uh, that is, until they fell for men whose heroic schemes put everyone in danger. Yes, they go off to war. Aha. Anyway, the reverend's wife is played by Anne-Marie Duff, a character actor. Uh, most HBO watchers will recognize her. <laughs> She's a hoot. The troupe of BBC actors here is is like family for me. Tom Stoppard's screenplays are surreal at times. Uh, mind games, so elaborate. I'm actually forced to watch True Detective. Yes, True Detective. Hmm, it's on HBO too. I have to ground myself in uh, American crime fiction. Hard-bitten violence. That's the American way. There was a shootout recently on True Detective. A ballet, blood-soaked. So many twists and turns, I was dizzy. Some people are saying that the first season of True Detective, the one with Woody Harrelson and uh, Matthew McConaughey, uh, that that one was the best. I think it's true that the existential angst those two actors projected was kind of one-time magic. The last episode of the first season of True Detective uh, stands as Matthew McConaughey's star turn. Uh Uh-huh. When the actor dies... I'm going to hope his admirers will use that scene presented as his swan song. (laughs) I don't know whether it was naked nihilism, or maybe it was just the screenwriters, their deepest convictions, and uh, their searing sadness. Uh, Now, Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey are the producers of True Detective now. They're not starring in it anymore. Uh, in the new season, there is a woman on the scene, and uh, she hasn't let me down so far. I'm going to stick with it until until they, uh, <laughs> until they do something. Uh, well, I'm sure, I'm sure the... Uh, the role is so definitive, I'm just going to trust that she stays centered. Uh, the show's too real to take at times. Even boredom sets in just as it does in real police work. But hold on to your hats. The new boys and girl are not just sexy. They promise to be souls in torment, the ones who go into the dark to bring back the truth, well, to bring back a truth. That's all a a searcher can do. Oh, and the show has T-Bone Burnett to make the music, and that makes up for anything, uh, any contradictions in the screenplay. Uh, uh, Now, we all know that cops have PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, as well as the soldiers. Oh, and as a matter of fact, so do many women. Uh, the woman cop in the show uh, has a backstory. She 
She had a rough time of it. There are any number of popular trends or themes these days in the TV dramas, little, little glimmer of what's going down, you know. PTSD seems to be the, the, uh, the pain of choice. Once upon a time, we called this subtext. It was what the characters brought to the present. Uh, it formed their character. Now, now, this technique is as old as Greek tragedy. Remember when Orestes murders his mother because he remembers his sister's pain, loss, whatever. He brings his need for matricide along with him. Otherwise, he would have no excuse to kill his mom, Clytemnestra. Of course, he, he hates her lover as well, Aegisthus. Must be jealous, yes, Freud would say. He's jealous of Aegisthus, uh, his mother's lover. Uh. Now, all that nonsense uh, they told us in acting school. A lot of British actors say it's nonsense. <laughs> but they know they know how to keep a secret. Uh, you know, uh, actors need layers. The characters have to look like they keep secrets and that they have so much more, so much more that they're not telling us. Uh, you know, drama has to have some depth, hidden motives, surprises. Actually, these days, the lack of layers in so many shallow shows. Ooh, even my beloved BBC plays. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Uh, oh, there's so many lately. Knockoffs. There are knockoffs everywhere. So many, I get them mixed up. Uh, one successful costume drama seems to spawn a dozen more. My all-time favorite, Rome. Uh, that one uh, brought in its wake shows from Spartacus to Atlantis. Oh, and the biblical epics. It's all a blur after a while. The actors struggle valiantly, and they are the the uh, only thing that holds some of those shows together, whether they're imitating Gladiator or Deadwood. The trick is style, style. Uh, but without a script, uh, can't do much with recycled costumes and conventional plots. Uh, originals like Vikings require not just scholarship, but imagination. That one... Uh, that one is the most remarkable, unique show. Uh, Vikings is not. Let's see, it's got a it's got a come up date, I think, somewhere next year. But uh, you can still get the first two seasons on demand. Uh, there's one new new spin, a narrative in a show called Outlander, uh, time travel. Mm-hmm. There's a sordid scene or two at the end of the first season, not for children. Poldark is okay for the kids. Anyway, I had to look away the scenes in Outlander. Uh, sadomasochism, I guess. Uh, but the time travel makes it interesting. 1945 in London, a World War to nurse, she travels to 1745 Scotland, 
She does this with the aid of a bunch of standing stones. <laughs> anyway, uh, she uh, stumbles into political plots and the customs and cultures of the 18th century. The healers are called witches, so as a nurse, she is in trouble. The church is on her case. Uh, there's a conventional love story and lots of horses and castles. Uh, I watched it just for the customs and beliefs. The table manners, a lot of fun. They just throw the bread, you know. And the role of women in Outlander is not what most modern people imagine. There's a scene in which the women set the dye in their cloth, yes. They use warm urine. They drink lots of beer, and then they slam the cloth on the table, and by this time they're drunk, and a score of them sing and sing, and they work the cloth. And there are several uh, feminist plot terms in Outlander. Kind of, mm, kind of obvious, uh, but love conquers all. I do wish some of my acquaintances would stop telling me that I have a feminist bias in my reviews. Hmm. Of course I do. We're still trying to uh, pass the Equal Rights Amendment, kids. Uh, we need a constitutional guarantee, just as African Americans needed one. You know, get that amendment into the Constitution. Not that that's a guarantee of any equal rights. Never mind, ranting is no longer fashionable. A pal of mine recently said to me, Jennifer, I know so many men who are smarter than you. <laughs> yep, I should hope so. Was it Theodore Roosevelt? In his speech, his graduation speech from Harvard, he said, Of course women should be equal to men under the law, just as cripples and consumptives are equal to athletes and intellectuals, I paraphrase, anyway. There is one show on uh, the broadcast networks that is worth a look. It centers on animal rights. That's another trend out there in the zeitgeist, the spirit of the age. Uh, it's called zoo. That's Z-O-O, -O, as in, you know, animals in the zoo. Mm, you can get it on demand. I hope I can weather the commercials long enough to uh, review it a little better. It's a fantasy about the animals turning on the humans. Remember birds? Anyway, it's all the fault of the humans, of course. A corporation called uh, Raiden, Raiden Global. It's a generic name for a corporation that has a deadly toxin. Uh, they got hold of a mother cell. That's what they call it. Anyway, it's everywhere in everything. Some man-made bacteria reacts to this toxin or some property, uh, first in their pesticides and then in everything. It seems to affect the brain cells of the animals. Complicated, and it doesn't always work the way you expect, but it's getting worse. A dog is shown. He's the companion of a sick girl. He warns her when her... Uh, Seizures are about to come on. At one point, he's recovering from an accident, and he's given a painkiller. 
Yes, I noticed that the pills were my own favorite painkiller, Tramadol. <laughs> I think it's recently reclassified as a narcotic. I will just end there with that hideous thought. I'll go home and take a good look at my prescriptions and <laughs> see whether there's there's a, any hidden hidden uh, treachery there. Uh, if that show doesn't increase people's paranoia about the pharmaceutical industry, it should. I will be back on the air next week at this same time. Maybe we can talk about the uh, hoopla over. People's fear that vaccinations are causing autism. What nonsense. Till next week, go easy, and if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Is making a difference important to you? Is charitable giving one of your core values? Like many people, you'd like to know that the causes and organizations you care about today will continue to thrive in the future. In addition to supporting the work of KPFA through cash donations, consider making a planned gift. It's easy and provides tax benefits as well. Simply put, planned giving is the transfer of assets to a designated nonprofit organization during your lifetime or as part of an estate plan. You can gift KPFA in your will or trust with stocks, real estate, or any amount of money. In return, you'll receive a generous tax benefit. For more information on planned giving, consult your financial or estate planner and our website at kpfa.org. Thank you.